Hello there, you're listening to Manufacturing Tomorrow, brought to you by the Ohio Manufacturing Institute at The Ohio State University. I'm Katherine Kelly, your host. Today we are speaking with Janine Kuntz, Chief Workforce Development Officer at SME, formerly known as the Society of Manufacturing Engineers, where she provides end-to-end workforce and training solutions for communities, companies, and educational institutions by leading new partnerships, programs, and service offerings. Prior to this newly created role, Janine served as Vice President of Tooling USME. She's a recognized leader on manufacturing workforce education and training with regular contributions to Industry Week, Training Magazine, NPR Marketplace, and the Chicago Tribune. She serves on several industry advisory boards as well as the executive committees of America Makes and the Advanced Robotics for Manufacturing, or ARM, Education and Workforce Advisory Committee. She is also a founding member of the Skilled Trades Coalition. Janine earned her bachelor's degree in business and marketing with a concentration in economics from Eastern Michigan University. Janine, welcome to the show and congratulations on your promotion. Thank you, Catherine. Good afternoon to you as well. With this new role, what have you set as goals to move that needle on manufacturing workforce development? Yeah, I have the privilege of doing this, Catherine, for the last 20 some years, and it gives me a good opportunity to see the importance of where educators, government, and industry, along with nonprofits like SME, come together. And really, in terms of my goal, it's really to do a better job of that intersection of all things where manufacturing and people and technology come together. And while we're really proud of the work we've been doing at SME in those various capacities when we partner with education or a community or a company, but the good news is, and certainly it's a trend that we've really seen lately, which is people are starting to come out of their walls, whether those are their education walls, whether those are their corporate walls and where things come together. And that really brings um, a responsibility for us, we feel, to um, join in that effort and see where we can help kind of at that intersection, how we can help um, with things that we do in training, whether it's things we've seen as best practices in other communities. Um, The one thing I'd say is, as we know, all great things happen at the local community. And while SME is located in Michigan, we're a national and international organization, And we expect that greatness still to happen at the local level, but we really want to bring sometimes national either resources or perspectives in what to maybe avoid those pitfalls, as well as some of those best practices. So really kind of a coalescing of a lot of our work um, over the years, as well as the work we see by other partners or ecosystems um, to bring those to light so we can accelerate those as fast as possible. As you've said, you know SME and tooling you as has a, a leg has you know developed a legacy in educating the manufacturing workforce. You know how has this approach, you know, with uh, well um, with SME and with tooling you evolved over the years in, in educating new and incumbent workers in manufacturing. Yeah, I would say what we've really kind of um, used is a little bit of a motto is just to always evolve, to always continuously improve and. We've never stopped, right? We were always trying to look at what new content, you know, what topics, you know, whether that's new smart manufacturing content, what new ways of delivering content, and also what is um, how people are evolving in terms of just their behavior. So it's just this idea of 
building on our legacy of continually looking at how the market is evolving as people, right? Because we all evolve on how we consume things and do things. But inside the manufacturing industry, we know there are some very distinct business things happening, um, things in this nation, whether that's supply chain, whether that's a lack of workers. And so it's really trying to look at and listen to those um, those signals from the industry we, we aim to serve and how we can move things forward and evolve as an organization to serve those needs. I asked Bob Willig a similar question a few months ago, um, over, um, and I'm going to ask the same of you. Um, how is SME preparing workers for Industry 4.0 or smart manufacturing or the connected enterprise, whatever you want to, to name it? Sure, sure. I would say, um, you know, we start with awareness, um, you know, certainly as a nonprofit organization, which we're happily celebrating our 90th year. Um, yeah, I know. It's wow. our 90th anniversary. It was just here a couple of weeks ago was the actual official day, but um, celebrating our 90th year as a nonprofit to advance manufacturing. And as you just stated, um, Industry 4.0 is certainly one of those elements that is um, of great need to help the industry advance. So where we start with that, Catherine, in terms of what's our role then in helping the industry is first with awareness. We still see uh, that in our work that I mentioned earlier, whether that's inside of companies or whether that's inside of schools, certainly there are some organizations that are well on their path and adopting different components of smart manufacturing but it's still not where it probably should be in terms of the maturity of the technology. And so we really start with awareness through things like our smart manufacturing magazine, our shows, we have a smart manufacturing experience event in Pittsburgh um, coming up this June. So conference sessions, you know, digital content. So Catherine, it's really making people aware of what's out there, what's the art of what's possible, bringing forward case studies to show how it's helped organizations, right? Um, evolve new product development, new productivity. But then once they get aware, you got to kind of do something, right? So now you're aware and you're excited. So then what? Um, we've partnered with SESME, which is the Smart Manufacturing Institute through Manufacturing USA. And they are one of our partners and they help also then if you become aware of SMART, then you need to kind of assess yourself maybe and start business planning and they kind of partner with us on helping organizations look at that. And then also the area that I oversee as it relates to workforce is training. And so we've really launched quite a bit of content around various components. It really gets someone kind of that foundational level of knowledge in SMART, what is it? Um, how do you go start uh, going about thinking about it? and um, really helping organizations, no matter where they're at in that journey, just continue on. And if they're getting more to that stage that they've adopted elements, really then what we want them to do is come speak at our events, um, write articles in our magazine, or become mentors to other organizations and individuals. I know you've worked with a multitude of educational institutions at all different levels. Um, what could uh, higher education or even K through 12 do better to prepare graduates and existing workers for smart manufacturing? 
Well, I think one of the key things we always tell in um, our education partners is to reach out to industry and have, if you don't have, have an industry advisory panel, um, you know, get your, your local industry engaged. They'll help you understand what's happening. They'll help you understand what those new skills are, keep you abreast because it's hard, right? It's hard for manufacturers to keep up with all the things, as I just mentioned, right? They have to read magazines, they have to attend shows and conferences and webinars and podcasts like yours. So our educators need it too, but they're off, you know, always trying to worry about all the things that happen inside of education. So that marriage between um, industry and education is so critical. So that's certainly one, um, increasing your applied learning opportunities, engaging some of that smart content inside of the classroom then, um, providing those experiential opportunities um, for both the instructors and the students. I think that's an important part because the instructors themselves, it's not always the students that need that upskilling, you will, if you will, or that education access, but it's our instructors too. Uh, so that's some, th some of the things we, we think about. And then certainly we think the reshaping of what smart roles look like, that's still evolving, as you know, Catherine, in terms of what do these jobs maybe look like in the future. But we believe at SME, it's also part of helping reshape maybe what in the eyes of young people manufacturing means to them because it really is getting high tech, high touch, lots of data. So it's really bringing in some people who maybe traditionally saw a pathway into maybe they loved um, data and they thought of analytics more in a marketing research role or an accounting or finance role, but there's tons of data analytics that are involved in manufacturing, certainly going forward. And uh, I was gonna ask you this later, but since you, you mentioned it, um, you know, many, Educational institutions, um, including uh, a number that uh, number of those I work with, are, are dealing with a lack of trained instructors or faculty uh, to support advanced manufacturing uh, programs. So, how how is SME handling this issue? Yeah, in a couple ways, we have at the high school level, we have um, a program called Partnership Response in Manufacturing uh, Education. It's the acronym is Prime. And it is where we are making investments. Um, those investments come and get funneled through our education foundation from whether those philanthropic donations come from state government or different grants, foundation grants, or corporations themselves. But that money then gets funneled through Catherine to the school to help not only get the students access to um, equipment, maybe we're buying equipment for the classroom or curriculum, but we also make sure we always use a portion of that money to educate the instructors, the actual um, instructors themselves. And we have a, a program actually in Ohio with um, through a remote, remote XD um, uh, grant where we, it was written additive. And it was where we're training and educating 500 instructors and uh, students across the state and additive at a foundational level and getting them certified. So there's a variety of ways we kind of do it sometimes depending, but our program prime is certainly a very concentrated program with intent. And then we also find many mechanisms and ways to partner with communities and creative ways to make sure we're, we're training not only those students, but the instructors, like you said. And the prime is at the K through 12 level, correct? Correct. It's and in, in prime is specifically in high schools. Got it. Um, 
So um, in, in terms of, um, you know, I know that uh, I think all of the Manufacturing USA Institutes have education and workforce development, uh, you know, um, committees. And, uh, you know, I was uh, involved in, in LIFT, for example, the Lightweight Innovations for Tomorrow. Uh, are you, besides SESME, are you leveraging existing partnerships with uh, robotics and automation vendors, including, you know, those that are associated with ARM, uh, to chart a path toward uh, different types of programs? Yeah. So, um, yeah, LIFT is a great one. And as you mentioned, they're all there. I think there's 16, I think, in total in Manufacturing USA. Some more aligned, I'll call it, to the constituents that we typically uh, work with in, at SME and robotics, um, the ARM group, a great group out of um, Pittsburgh area as well. And so as it relates to robotics, we are partnering with ARM as well as um, on a, a particular, pro well, on some training. And we actually have a program we're doing down in Florida with them and um, to get sent to upskill some, some populations of underserved populations down in Florida. But we're also working with um, ARM and a group, uh, VEX Robotics, if you're familiar with them. And, and yeah, VEX Robotics and FIRST Robotics. And we're partnering with them along the lines of a new certification, a new certification for robotics. It's at the very entry level certification program that's targeted at your more your early learners, so maybe your high school students or underrepresented populations that have no background coming into to manufacturing um, or maybe someone switching from another career into manufacturing. So you're really looking at a population of people who have limited knowledge of robotics or manufacturing. And we are launching, and I think that program is coming out maybe this fall, but VEX Robotics, First Robotics and ARM have been engaged in those as well as lots of the industry people, right? So lots of technology providers and lots of organizations that are out making things and using robots. And they're giving us feedback on what those skills are at the very baseline. And once people come through that program, Catherine, then they're able to then pursue a more advanced um, certification or degree or something in robotics and, and kind of have a good sense of where their pathways is like a learner's permit, kind of get them started and it's a little bit of the trend we're seeing too, where sometimes, especially if someone's coming new into manufacturing, the one thing we have to be careful of is it can be intimidating. It's a pretty technology um, heavy emphasis on a lot of topics, a lot of technical topics. And if someone's just trying to get their feet wet, this is a good way to kind of take a stair step in and a little bit of an on and off ramp for an individual, in particular in this case, in the, the robotics question you asked. Janine, that's a great way to equate it to a learner's permit. That's great. Um, and I, I've uh, and I, I believe you've launched your first series of virtual reality labs too, correct? And uh, can you share some of the details of that program? Yeah, it's really fun. We're in the middle of so we've had this process. I guess it's probably now been a year and a half or so. We've been in development, and we've had obviously these moments of these plan to check adjust with the market. Right, we come out with a little bit of a beta version, get some feedback from our corporate partners or education partners. And then we go back to the drawing board and make some some new um, enhancements and advancements to the program. And so now we're, we're ready for our prime time. So we're now out working with uh, some industry folks and some, some uh, of those education. And it's been great. And so the, the feedback is fantastic. And it's really under the spirit of what we call learn, practice, and perform. 
So our virtual reality sits in this practice environment. So we've been doing what I'll consider a pretty good job over the years and our learn. So people might take our e-learning classes, they might attend, they might have, you know, watched some training videos, but it's that knowledge-based learning environment that people were left from jumping from that maybe to the doing, right? They're out on the floor, they're maybe actually out, you know, doing something inside um, their, their company or in the school, in the classroom. And this practice environment gives, if someone doesn't have that ability to practice before they go perform, we give them this opportunity in a virtual environment, a very immersive six degrees of freedom way to put on their glasses and be immersed into the world where they've now learned something and they can go apply it. And so we've started off with a number of these kind of foundational elements that are these labs that again, build on what they've learned and now they have to go apply it and see how they do in kind of that, you know, again, environment, as I say, like in a safety class where the fire starts and, you know, if you don't know what you're doing, the fire could get worse, but thankfully it's a safe environment. There's really not any, no harm being done. And I, I think that is mimicking what's happening in manufacturing anyway with the, um, you know, connection with the the virtual and the tactile environments. Right, right. And we're really excited. We've gotten just tremendous feedback about the applications and how people are able to really see this. We were inside of a, one of our corporate partners here in Detroit, and it was really kind of neat to see that they had already, they had actually their computer lab where they were taking some of our online classes, and they had a lab where they, they used different language, but it was the same concept of learn, practice, perform, where they had someone, you know, taking some e-learning, they had their own virtual uh, reality and some of the, what they were already doing inside this company. And so we're able to supplement a little bit of that and then where they went and performed it, right? Still performed it in the on-the-job training way before they actually were, were, were had their full driver's license, if we're using that analogy. But um, so the feedback from the market is for those, some of those bigger companies, they maybe have started down that road. But the reality of Catherine is... Um, just like we talked about in Industry 4.0, there's still not enough technology being deployed in the learning process as well as in the manufacturing process that already sits in front of us. This is technology that exists, right? This isn't, um, we're not breaking ground here at SME by using it. It's just that unfortunately, it's probably a little bit newer to learning than it could be, right? It could have, you know, could be further along. That is true. Um, and then uh, you mentioned some of the, the programming before I, I thought, um, getting a little bit more in depth and what are some of the approaches that uh, you know, SMEs working on uh, where educators can support women and underrepresented minor minorities more in pursuing careers in manufacturing. So what, what are you doing to positively influence those, in those outcomes? Yeah. So, uh, I mean, a couple of things we certainly work on, you know, it's interesting. One of the things we feel really lucky about is when we create content we create it in such a way that it can be used in all different kinds of programs. And so we'll work with thousands of different programs all over the country. And the nice thing is about that, as we talked, a lot of these local community-based organizations or other nonprofit organizations have great programs that target underrepresented minorities or maybe women. And so we're able to kind of utilize and hopefully now that the, the class of the virtual labs, but I'll, I'll say our e-learning as an example, get utilized in programs that are helping women. There's a um, it's Virginia Women Works, and it's a program just targeted at women, right? And trying to get women um, back to work that are, are struggling. 
and they're they're utilizing our, our classes as part of an apprenticeship program. So in that case, right, you can see where we're able to get engaged, but that organization's the one who has the really cool program, but yet we're able to make them streamline and offer those women a flexible, scalable way of engaging in the content to get them their apprenticeship as quickly as possible. Um, other things that we're doing, that's just call it one program. Um, uh, other examples are partnering with women in manufacturing, right? Out of Ohio, out of the good state of Ohio. Um, and if anyone knows, if you've never talked to Allison Grillis there, she's amazing. And so good partner organization to SME where we try to support other organizations that do a really good thing targeted. SME doesn't need to replicate that. We need to help support it. And that was similar to, you know, why we partner with like an arm or a SESME and smart manufacturing. And partnerships are a really big deal to us because we believe in the concept of accelerating things will happen when you can just kind of align and point to things versus recreating them. Um, and one thing I would say, in addition for the idea of, of, of women and underserved um, minorities is certainly I can speak to women, you know, myself personally, but I think it always helps to have role models and mentors, right? So I think sometimes we've talked to companies where they'll say, well, I have a hard time getting women, but when you look at everything they're doing, they have almost no representation of women, maybe in their, in their marketing materials or in in their leadership and they're not seeing women in the organization. So I think sometimes just the simple things are also a component of just giving um, that kind of advice when people are talking to us about training and they're having a hard time finding people. And then you ask questions and you say, well, what are you doing to opening up how you're thinking about your workforce? And we're even seeing that I just got out of a meeting earlier about second chance citizens, right? Um, and, and recognizing that there's lots of different populations of individuals that certainly deserve second chances or first chance of ever working inside of manufacturing. There is definitely a lot of work to be done. I'm so glad you're in this role, Janine. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, Catherine, and keep up the great work you guys are doing. Thank you.